You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker, your daily Broncos podcast. The Broncos find themselves victorious over the Detroit Lions 27 to 17 at Empower Field at Mile High. They move to 6 and 9 on the season and we go through the complete game recap. Plus we hear from Vic Fangio and Drew Locke. And we take a little bit of a look ahead to the Week 17 regular season finale against the Oakland Raiders, all on today's episode of Locked On Broncos. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. And I'm joined today by my co-host, Cameron Parker, a contributor over there at PredominantlyOrange.com. You guys can follow him on Twitter, at Cameron Parker, P.O. And Cam, you know, great win for the Broncos. They looked, it was a much more resolved game. I'd say they looked complete all across the board outside of a special teams error. But in this game, the way that they came out and they they responded being down 10-0, they responded really well. And uh, I tell you what, this Broncos team's got a lot to play for and there's a lot of excitement despite the fact that they're not having a winning season. You know what? I think it was very, very, uh, very important for the Broncos to show a lot of resolve today because I, I think that that is one of the things that maybe we're starting to see with a Drew Locke-led football team and and also with them really starting to buy in to this culture that Fangio has created where this is a resolve mentality, something that we'll, we'll, we'll certainly be getting to. But I, I just think that overall it was a very impressive win from start to finish. If you think back to when the, the Detroit Lions were up 10 to nothing and then from that point, from that point, the Broncos outscored the Lions 27 to 7 in that time. And that's certainly impressive considering the fact that the Broncos offense has been one of those units that hasn't scored over 24 points that often. This is their second time doing so, and obviously the second time under Drew Locke. So that points to all things trending upwards. Let's get into our game recap, our lead story here of Locked On Broncos. I'm Cody Rourke alongside Cameron Parker. The Broncos came into this game offensively. Let's take a look at the breakdown of their 348 total yards of offense from the onset, all led by Drew Locke, who played a really clean game. What have been some areas that this team has struggled with all season long. Well, that's obviously getting uh, third down conversions. They were 5 of 12, which is 41% completion percentages on third down. They were able to improve that. They came at a halftime. I believe it was uh, 2 of 7, if I'm not mistaken, at that at standpoint at halftime. They were able to improve on that and build on that. So obviously going 5 of 12 to close out the second half on third down conversion percentage, that improves the area. It helped the Broncos obviously score 27 points, which, as we just mentioned, for the second time this season, the team has gone over 24 points, which is something they have not done at all at the beginning part of the season as well. Led by Drew Locke, who was 25 of 33, 192 yards in the air, one touchdown pass to Deshaun Hamilton. He completed 75% of his passes. He was clean today, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit later on here in just a moment. But let's go to the story for the game for the Broncos, too. I mean, this is a guy that has not had a lot of things going his way this season in terms of the productivity, the amount of touches, the amount of overall reps that we've seen from him last year, Philip Lindsay. 
He had a big game with 19 carries, 109 yards on the ground, and one touchdown rush from 27 yards out. A burst, something we haven't seen from him at all this season. So it was great to see Philip Lindsay get back on track. He's approaching the 1,000 rush yard mark. We'll talk about how close he is coming up a little bit later. But also, I think he wins player of the game, too. We took a poll over there. Broncos country, the fan base spoke. 46% said that Philip Lindsay deserves the Broncos offensive player of the game. And to, to be able to do what he did with the makeshift offensive line, Elijah Wilkinson going out of this game with an ankle injury. Dalton Reisner still battling the flu, which held him out of the second half. So they placed Patrick Morris at left guard. They placed Jake Rogers at right tackle. The Broncos were able to generate over 100 yards on the ground with a makeshift offensive line. They were down to the very bottom parts of the depth chart where it mattered in the trenches and they got things done so Philip Lindsay player of the game according to Broncos country but let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball here for the Broncos in terms of our game recap very impressive day for them all across the board when you consider they're going against the NFL's eighth ranked passing offense they held the Detroit Lions to 191 total yards of offense between the pass and the run game. And one of the most glaring statistics to the Broncos defense, an area where they've struggled this year, and Cam, it goes back to the whole narrative of third down. The Broncos held Detroit to 4 of 11 on third down conversion attempts. That was huge for them, but nothing bigger than that. What causes incompletions? What causes them to go 4 of 11 on third down? You generate pressure from a pass rush. The Broncos were able to get to David Blow today. Four sacks, and Draymond Jones, big, big game by him he had two of those sacks and you have to be happy for a guy that's been playing on a bum ankle this year Malik Reed had half a sack as well earlier on in this game so the Broncos defense able to get after blow no big plays in the secondary Shelby Harris also mentioned uh, his eighth pass deflection at the line of scrimmage that tight that puts him I think at first overall in the National Football League for passes deflected from an off from a defensive lineman standpoint so definitely there for a game recap the Broncos defense does their part the Broncos offense gets things going they shook off being down 10-0 early a punt return 64 yards for a, a touchdown returned on them that changed the momentum the Broncos could have held their head they could have just thrown it in right there but they didn't they held on and uh, the Broncos go to six and nine on the season with a 27 to 17 win over the Detroit Lions at Empower Field at Mile High. Now, Cameron, one thing I wanted to talk to you about today, you know, this, I think this is the evidence story to watch. We talk about this Broncos offense, 348 yards of offense overall, their improvement on third down, just through the way that Drew Locke has commanded the huddle. Would you say in his fourth game, this Broncos offense is trending in the right direction? I, I, you're kind of preaching to the choir on that one. I think it's absolutely trending in the right direction. And in fact, it's trending to the point where we're now locked into him being our potential starter heading into 2020. He's already guaranteed the point where he's going to be having a winning record as a starting quarterback heading into next year, which is saying a lot. And also factor in, he tied Joe Flacco for touchdowns this season. He started... Uh, I believe it was uh, it was week 14, uh, week 13, week 14. And he's already tied Joe Flacco with, with, with the amount of touchdowns. And I think that that just shows you that, you know, where the Broncos offense is currently with, with Locke and the scheme just fits him perfectly. He's able to show a lot of mobility and, and really show a lot of uh, grit and charisma and swagger that he has it's just starting to win over a lot of the, the the team and his teammates. It's it's just an infectious attitude. And frankly, it's something that the Broncos have not had at that quarterback position since Peyton Manning. 
Well, I tell you what, it's definitely caught on to some other guys, especially guys needing of a big time day. And and for Drew Locke, for this Broncos offense, one guy in particular stood out. We talked in our keys to the game. We thought Cortland Sutton was going to see a lot of attention from Darius Slay, some safety up over the top. That proved to be the case. Sutton had a few catches, but the story of the day has to be Deshaun Hamilton's big day at wide receiver, a guy who needed it the most. He had six catches, 65 yards, and one touchdown on a shovel pass. This is a moment, you know, for a guy that has struggled with a few big drops this season, week one against the Raiders, and obviously a few weeks ago, Drew Locke's first start, a third down drop uh, where he could have saw daylight. And th- those were moments where Deshaun Hamilton, you were starting to wonder his fit in this offense. Well, today, we knew with the attention that you know guys like Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, even Noah Fant would be receiving from the Detroit Lions defense. Somebody else needed to step up, and that was Deshaun Hamilton. Here's what Drew Locke had to say regarding Hamilton's performance today. The guy is super duper intelligent. I mean, just being able to you know have the spatial awareness that he does, um, it helps us out, especially in our type of offense, um, a whole lot. I think him being able to sit up in zones, feel when the guys running with him, break off and separate. I mean, makes my life a lot. Lot easier as a quarterback and um, he had a fantastic game today and I, I'm just going to go back to the notion that he needed a game like this very happy for Deshaun Hamilton who's battled a lot of adversity he's battled some confidence issues he's had to deal with the noise too you know when you have those drops fans boo pretty loudly so big bounce back day for him he's excited about it does that change the Broncos you know efforts or mindset going for the NFL draft I don't think it does I still think they look to add a speedy slot guy but Hamilton has proven that maybe he still can be a fit in some type of role for this Broncos offense obviously that'll be an offseason time Topic that will all float around here on Lockdown Broncos. But coming up in just a moment, we're actually going to hear from Vic Fangio. We're going to hear a little bit more from Drew Locke on the game overall, the team's mentality of how they've been able to battle and compete despite facing adversity. The Broncos, like I mentioned, were down 10-0 at one point of this game. They battled back. We're going to hear from those guys on Sunday's big win, 27-17, over the Detroit Lions at Empower Field at Mile High. And one thing, too, as we approach the holiday season, if you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, I encourage you guys to go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. Breaking Tea makes sports T-shirts around teams' passionate moments. It's great for all fans. So go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn, and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts for the sports fans in your household. All right, Cameron, we're going to head to Dove Valley. We're going to hear from Broncos quarterback Drew Locke and kind of talking about his game today. And one of the things he had mentioned was he prepared all week long. He's battling the flu. So we could call this the Drew Locke flu game. You know, you would have I don't think you would have known that Drew Locke had the flu or was battling some kind of sickness based on how he played. Like I mentioned, I want to go back 25 or 33, just how how clean he was in the pocket. He didn't force throws into into rough windows. He relied a lot on the dink and dunk and making the smart read, leading guys in stride. I mean, this is probably the best game we've seen Drew Locke play as a pro. What were your quick thoughts, Cameron, based on what we saw on Sunday from Drew Locke in terms of in comparison to the rest of his games? I mean, we could go back to the 300-yard game against Houston. I mean, that was nice. But I'd say from an overall productivity standpoint, you take away the touchdown passes, just how he played from a position standpoint, I thought he did a hell of a job. You know, uh, maybe it was the case that uh, his, his gunslinger comment was a decoy. 
because of it because it definitely was not a not a gunslinger game by any stretch of the imagination for Locke on uh, on Sunday. I mean, you and I talked a bit about it before we 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 went live that there was something about him. He was very efficient. He was not turning the football over, and and it sort of took me back to when I was listening to his former co- uh, quarterback coach in Missouri uh, that was on the 850K away broadcast with with Benjamin Albright and Ryan Edwards. And one of the things that he always said was that. Yes, he's a gunslinger, but he's one of those guys that is not afraid to be conservative or to be efficient and take care of the football. And we really saw that today. And and frankly, you know, those are the types of games that go a, a a long way in developing as a young quarterback. When you can show that at such an early development, that's going to help you because you're going to be given so much amount of looks. And I know that the stats for the Lions are, are are rather should we say in the in the bottom 30 of as far as pass defense and and with their defense in general just because of the amount of injuries that they had sustained but the fact is when you have to you have to adjust with what the defense gives you and he did an incredible job all game long taking what that defense gave him, moving the chains with Deshaun Hamilton, even getting Jeff Hireman involved. Noah Fant was, was, was like a decoy in this game. He really wasn't used a whole lot. Even Cortland Sun got a he got a lot of targets, but not a lot of yardage. Tim Patrick started getting involved uh, as the game started to war on. It was just a very, very impressive and effective and efficient game for Locke. You know, we thought originally that this defense was going to come out and play a lot of man, and we were going to take big shots. Um, they played a lot more zone than we thought, so you know, we setting guys up in zone, get to pick them apart, ding and dunk down the field a little bit. Like that's in my game too. Um, I'm happy that you know people can kind of see that a little bit, see that now. And um, no, I, I can definitely be a gunslinger, but at the same time, you know, I'll, I'll ding and dunk if I have to. And Cameron, you mentioned that just coming into what you were saying with your original point, the fact that he can do other things besides be the gunslinger. And we saw that, you know, watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past week and the thought even crossed my head just watching Jameis Winston play the gunslinger mentality. You know, I was almost worried that he was going to embrace gunslinger to the point where, you know, he may be okay with throwing three interceptions in a game. And as long as he throws two touchdowns, that was a complete different transition than what I I had expected and and there were moments where I felt like Drew Locke probably could have had that gunslinger approach in this game but he was smart he was decisive and the Broncos offense really they fed off of it and it just goes to show you what this offense can be so I tell you what I'm excited for 2020 we got one more week of the regular season uh, to see Drew Locke and obviously see what he can do against the Oakland Raiders who will be the Las Vegas Raiders next year but uh let's hear from Vic Fangio who uh you know that some Ballsy call. Um, I, I can't say it because it's very inappropriate, but it it uh, it rhymes with Vic. Um, but big balls, Vic here. What he was able to do too, given the authorization to Rich Scangarello, the Broncos are facing a fourth and one. Look there, you know when you're five and nine, you have a chance to go for it on fourth down. The Broncos needed some momentum. They went with one of the craziest calls, Cameron. I tell you what, I, I think everybody in Broncos country was angry at first when they saw maybe where the play design was going because earlier they gave an inside handoff to Andrew Beck. He picked up the first down, but it almost seemed like there was going to be some kind of end-around play with Beck, which we know the offense going with those end-arounds with the tight ends, it hasn't worked out. It's almost the same play design. But then all of a sudden on fourth and one, you give that reverse end-around to Beck, and he runs. You got Lindsey to his right. He options it off to Lindsey. 
McKenzie in a play design, they pick up the first down. Uh, you know, a lot of people were saying that the Broncos offense at one point has been very conservative. Vic Fangio, uh, you know, talked about what the mindset was behind the team going for it like that. No, I knew it was our play because we had worked on it during the week. Um, hey, <laughs> whoever said I was conservative. And I, I think this is going to buy some favor from Broncos fans. Look, I get it. The, the fact Cameron, this Broncos team was able to move the ball offensively the way that they did with a lot of their line, their starting line being down and out. I, I tell you what, I'm very impressed. I got to go back and watch film again I, to get a, a clear evaluation on guys like Patrick Morris or Jake Rogers. But from the onset, I mean, Drew Locke had a clean pocket all day. His mobility helped him out in a lot of situations, and, and he was able to protect himself. And I tell you what, you got to be excited if you're a Denver fan to see kind of that. And you you mentioned it a little bit too before we started recording. You know, watching him today, he had the rollouts, the play action bootlegs that were reminiscent of Jay Cutler, and he's got that mobility. He's got some of these flashes here. And I know everyone hates the analogy, okay, comparing those two guys together, but I would say Drew Locke and Jay Cutler player-wise in terms of ability – I'd say it's so accurate. There's such a blend of different strengths there. Uh, it's certainly nice to see, too. But, you know, one guy that stood out, Cameron, in this game, too, defensively for the Broncos, we talked about him, Draymond Jones, two sacks on the day. And coming into this matchup, I mean, it was very questionable whether he's going to play. Vic Fangio had a lot to say about his resolve and poise to be able to step up into a game where, you know, despite the fact he's hurt, he still wants to play. He was a guy that came off the mat. You know, he we weren't really sure if he was going to be able to play today. Uh, worked out before the game. Um, really didn't practice much all week, but the one thing that kept coming up with him throughout our discussions with him from Tuesday all the way till today is he really wanted to play. And you have to wonder whether or not some of these messages, too, when you look at it, you got other guys that chose not to play. Elijah Wilkinson postgame said that he could have gone back in if the team needed him. I, I don't know if that was a smart decision. I mean, probably so. But, Cam, what are your thoughts on Draymond Jones? Because I know when he was drafted, we talked about it, that the fact that the Broncos, we felt at the time, got a complete steal in round number three. I, I think that it, when he's been in uh, in during playing time, it seems like he gets to the quarterback. It seems like he's got that relentless, relentless motor that frankly does parallel a little bit to the early stages of a Malik Jackson career. He did get an interception. Uh, so he has that on his ledger picking off Phillip Rivers. So he's clearly got the mobility of him inside as a defensive lineman, a guy that can, can create pressure and Really, the fact that the Broncos were able to get that with just the limited amount of depth that they had at that defensive line just tells you that Fangio and the the entire defensive staff is doing any just an impressive job with the, the with the cast of characters that they have at their disposal. The fact that they're able to turn in a top ten defense with the secondary that they have, the fact that they're able to turn in a top ten defense with the defensive line that is currently constructed with Derek Wolf out for the year, with Shelby Harris at the b- beginning point of the season playing out of position, and and now Mike Purcell being inserted into the game. I I just think that just so far everything that's transpired and with Draymond Jones and the true potential that he has you're only going to see him get better in that Fangio scheme 
And you mentioned a time period, too, where Shelby Harris was playing out of position. The Broncos defense, I mean, this whole team around those time frames where Shelby Harris was playing the nose tackle, rather the D end, no Mike Purcell even on the field at that point. This team was going through a lot of adversity. But one thing that Vic Fangio mentioned in his postgame press conference, to me, that's the absolute message of the day with where I think fans should embrace the fact that this Broncos team is trending upwards, that they are a very, very young team. I tell you what, this what Vic Fangio had to say about this team's resolve and how they feel for one another. Uh, I want to run through a brick wall. I mean, I'd love to be a, a player in that locker room, regardless of I was the water boy, the special teams guy, offensive specialist, or you know, a defensive role player. Uh, it doesn't matter where your role is. This team is very, very close, and anybody telling you otherwise is very ill-informed. Our record isn't what anybody wants it to be, and we're not proud of our record, but we are proud of this team. And when I say team, these guys play for each other. They've played hard. Uh, it's an one for all and all for one mentality. They got a brotherhood going. And I love being around this team. Nobody likes our record, but this team is a good team. And I tell you what, I, I think the direction that this team is headed, based on conversations I've had with players in that locker room and conversations I've had with coaches, they are embracing the fact that this team is young. I mean, and I think the fans, sometimes Broncos fans, are the only element that doesn't realize just how young this team is. When we see guys struggle in certain positions or we see a, a defense bend but not break, everybody wants to hit the panic button, but they don't understand the fact that, look, you're going to give up some some plays in the National Football League. I don't think there's any kind of element anymore where there's really any shutdown defenses, lockdown corners, or superstar quarterbacks that are just going perfect. Uh, you got good quarterback play all across the board. The Broncos certainly benefited from that in Sunday's win against the Lions, but this team is close. The direction that they're heading, the culture of that locker room is so much more different than what we've seen. This might be the best culture inside that locker room from a player standpoint amongst their coaches than we've seen since Super Bowl 50. I think that's a, a a real good testament with where this team has been and where they're headed. I'm certainly excited for it. And something else I'm excited for too, Cameron, we got the holiday season coming up too. And we want to wish all you guys a Merry Christmas. Also to let you guys know that we have the episode here today. We have an episode tomorrow for Tuesday, which will air. We'll have our crossover episode for all of you guys. Uh, so you guys have a little bit of a Christmas preview coming back from the holiday season. We want to know what kind of Broncos gear you guys got as well. So keep your eyes open. We got the Oakland Raiders coming to town this week. We're, we're not going to have one or two shows this week, obviously, due to the Christmas season. So yeah, just to keep you guys on the, the informed level here, we tr- you know we plan to be back with you guys next week every single day. But obviously, you guys want you guys to spend time with your family during the holiday season. Uh, and that fact that we'll have a crossover Wednesday coming up on Tuesday for you guys here. Locked on Broncos, locked on Raiders. And then obviously, Wednesday, we'll uh, get all of your Broncos gear that you receive from the holiday season. And that's going to be coming up this week on the Locked on Broncos podcast. Okay, Cameron, final takeaways here from the Broncos. 27-17 victory over the Detroit Lions. One thing you wanted to mention, one thing you talked about, one thing that you brought up to, the fact that the Broncos scored 14 points in the fourth quarter um, of this game. So let's dive into that a little bit. Uh, Go through the standpoint of where you were thinking about how important that was. Because look, this Broncos team, we've seen them all year long. I think quarterback's a big difference, but this team has struggled sometimes even score 13 points in a single game. They're able to do it 14 points in a single quarter in the fourth quarter to run away with the game. I think that's certainly impressive in and of itself. Yeah, I just think with the fourth quarter itself, it just... I, I think with the fourth quarter, uh, it was just one of those cases, you know, Fangio was talking about resolve. 
uh, as we we're saying earlier, uh, that is the that is the key that if you can finish and if you can close out a team and you can close out an opponent, it doesn't matter you know where they are record wise or, or where their standing is in the National Football League. If you can close out and finish games, uh, that tells you a lot about the resolve and the finish of finishing football team. The fact they were able to put together fourteen points in the fourth quarter. Uh, it goes a long way for them finishing games. And I think that, you know, them, we mentioned at the top of the broadcast, them going from being outscored 10 to nothing at the beginning of the game to outscoring the opponent 27 to 7 to finish the game tells you a lot, I think, about the direction of this team. There is no quit. There is a lot of fight in this football team. And it goes back to certainly the season that they've had and the fact that they were able to lose a lot of close games. Losses are losses, but the best case for 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 getting this team and, and getting them close to potential playoff contention, it, those, little, those little losses could potentially end up in wins next season. And so the Broncos are in a really good, a really good spot because those close losses – could help and and really uh, help the team going forward to where okay we now understand how to win these types of games going forward so it really showed a lot of resolve and the fact that the Broncos could just continue to fight continue to push and continue to score points and this is the second time under Drew Lock that they were able to put together uh, uh, over 24 points twice with him at quarterback Drew Locke improves to three and one as the Broncos starting quarterback. Certainly a storyline. Can he go four and one with the Oakland Raiders coming to town? It's going to be a big story too. But Cam, one thing I want to say that we have to look forward to here with the conclusion of the season approaching us, which is going to really suck. I mean, I think everybody's at a point where they, you know, they wish the season would end, but I don't want the season to end. I'm going to miss football. We still have to watch the playoffs from the couch. Unfortunately, this year, we'll still provide you guys with some coverage over here. Lockdown Broncos. But one thing we got to look forward to for the Broncos when they take on the Raiders, we got to look at, Lindsay watch he's 42 yards away from 1,000 yards rushing on the season and doing it on a year a down year where the Broncos offensive line has struggled with continuity with injuries with quarterback play now they've gotten their guy going here in the final four games with Drew Locke he's the guy for the future for going into 2020 he's going to be the day one starter um, in Dove Valley so when we go down there this summer there's no quarterback controversy for I think the first time in a long time uh, so that'll be certainly nice to see so 42 yards certainly attainable for the Broncos there and obviously you got to go back and watch some film on Jake Rogers but from the onset from the early eye test I feel like maybe Jake Rogers should probably start against the Oakland Raiders this is a guy that has played really well in my opinion, uh, just in one game. This could be a complete overreaction, uh, but we didn't see any outside, backside pressure in Drew Locke's face from the right tackle side. So Jake Rogers, too, we've seen him in preseason. I think he's been a better fit at right tackle than he was at left tackle. He looked horrendous at left tackle in the preseason, but he is there as a right tackle prospect for the Broncos, and he's a young, serviceable guy at this point. So maybe start him next week because I think we've seen what we've seen with Elijah Wilkinson. The Broncos can't run to the right side, plus penalties continue to hinder the Broncos tackles. Uh, but also, too, you know, take a look at the Raiders. They won 24-17 to 17 over the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. So we got a crossover with your boy Q coming up this week. It's going to air on Tuesday since Christmas is on Wednesday for all of you. Uh, but Cam, one possibility. The Broncos have a chance to finish second in the AFC West if they can beat the Raiders this upcoming Sunday. What? Excuse me? They, they have the chance to finish second next to next to Kansas. City. That's just I just tell you that's just incredible. Who would have thunk yeah, it? Yeah, who would have thunk it? And I, I think that you know the fact that really is a huge testament to where the team is right now. 
And again, it goes back to the, the resolve of the football team and the fact that they were able to put together this string of games and the, the string of confidence going forward. We knew as the season wore on that the confidence of that offense was going to start to gel. And yeah, it's been a very difficult season. And I, I tell you, Cody, and I, I know that, you know, Fangio made the comment that he's been on IR since week 10, but is it is it do we dare play that hypothetical game that that woulda shoulda coulda game that if Locke was not healthy is it possible that the Denver Broncos are a playoff team or in playoff contention with him at quarterback that's a good question i mean i'm certainly that's going to be something i think everybody's going to be talking about all offseason regardless of how the Broncos finish week 17 they're on the upward trend. You have to maybe wonder, you know, maybe if Locke is ready, maybe if Locke doesn't get hurt against San Francisco in the preseason, maybe he gets an opportunity. We do know that the Broncos, their plan initially was to redshirt him all year, but I think maybe the Joe Flacco injury and the scenario would have been inevitable considering the fact that the Broncos quarterback play with Flacco was like a statue. It was like running in cement, you know, freshly poured cement, uh, and, and really they weren't going anywhere. So with Locke, they found a new kind of energy, a new life to them and a new resolve, which seems to be the dang word of the day over here on Lockdown Broncos. But a big win for the Broncos, 27-17 over the Detroit Lions. And that'll do it for today's postgame report here. Locked on Broncos, I'm Cody Rourke. Speaking for my co-host, Cameron Parker, we'll see you guys tomorrow for another episode of the show. It'll be crossover Tuesday due to the fact that we have Christmas Day coming up on Wednesday. Enjoy your holidays. On behalf of Cameron and myself, we want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, and we'll also be back on Thursday for another episode of Lockdown Broncos. And Friday, we're going to be previewing the matchup, going through the tale of the tape, and obviously take a look at our keys to the game, players to watch, all that much more you can look forward to this week here on Lockdown Broncos.